we are continuing on the fruit of the Spirit, and today we are on the last slice, uh, the last part or the last element of the fruit of the Spirit. But before I jump into the fruit of the Spirit, I'd like to share with you something that happened last night. So last night after I prepared, I had prayed up, I eventually decided, let me go to bed. And uh, at about two in the morning, I was woken up uh, by the barking of the dogs. And I ignored it initially because I, I assumed whatever was happening outside, the dogs would take care of whatever was happening. But the dogs continued to bark loudly. And so feeling tired and, and thinking to myself, man, I have to wake up early and prepare and continue my preparation for for what I'll be sharing with you today, I decided um, simply to pull the blanket over my head and so that it could muzzle out the, the noise. And it seemed to cause the noise seemed to die down as it faded away into the distance and I drifted back to sleep. But I remembered before I slept that there was a section of our jewel wall that had uh, fallen at the front. And it having fallen, I assumed in my head, the reason why the dogs were barking was because the, the, there was something that had possibly come in uh, to the house through that entrance. And so I, 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 I thought about it, told myself by saying, well, all is well. And I decided to go back to sleep. But I was later woken up by the barking of the dogs now. They were really barking loud. But this time, it seemed as though the barking was coming from within the house. And so I, I say to myself, maybe there is definitely an intruder. An intruder has come into the house or into the yard and is trying to break into the house. As you, you can imagine the feeling and the thoughts that were going through my head as I thought maybe there's an intruder in the house and I will eventually have to wake up and confront a life and death situation for the intruder. So, from under the blanket, I com composed myself. I psyched myself up to get up. But all of a sudden, something pulled the blanket off me. Then all of a sudden, something held my legs and pulled my legs the same way I am pulling your leg. <laughs> if, if you have ever been to our house, we don't have any dogs. Nor was there an intruder at our house. Nor is there a section of our jewel wall that has broken or fallen down. But... The story gripped you, and hopefully what I need to share with you will grip your attention. In Proverbs 25 verse 28, the word of God says, A man without self-control is like a city that has been broken into, and its walls uh, left with no walls. Amen. And so today we're going to be talking about self-control which is the last of the ninth uh, um, slice of the, of the fruit of the Spirit. And just, in the, just like in the story I just gave you, I felt defenseless because there was a section in the jewel that had fallen down. And because the section in the jewel had fallen down, an intruder could easily come in and they could do as they wished. 
We all understand that walls are important in our lives. We, 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 they're important in protecting us. In biblical times, a wall was an important aspect for defense against an intruder. So a wall had to be solid, it had to be strong, and it had to be fortified all around the city so that the inhabitants of that city could live in freedom from intruders. But if there was a breach in the wall, it meant that the enemy could easily come through that breach and strike that city. Remember the story of Joshua. He was instructed by God to go around the city. And for seven days, he went around the city. And the wall came crumbling down. And with the wall flat on the floor, victory became certain. It became easy. So similarly, we need walls of protection over our lives so that we can live in freedom from the oppressive power of sin. But unfortunately, we live in a world where the world has defined freedom as no boundaries. But yet, true freedom is, a license, is not a license to do as you wish, but it is a license to do as you ought to do within those boundaries. Amen. So when there are no boundaries in your life, you become a prime target for the enemy. You become special meat for the enemy. In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, the word of God says the following. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So when we have walls of self-control in our lives, we keep the enemy away and we keep him at bay. Remember the story in Luke 4, verse 13. The Bible says that when the devil had tempted Jesus with all temptations, he left Jesus for a season because he could not tempt Jesus because Jesus had self-control. So what is self-control? Self-control, other versions translated as temperance. It is the Greek word, ekratia which only appears two other times in the New Testament. It means to have power over your passions and your desires. If we had to flip or change those two words, self and control, we would also get a meaning from it. It would be control, control self. Controlling yourself. So the literal meaning of self-control is having your passions and your desires within your hand. If with your hand being the object of control, if those passions and desires are not in your hand, guess what? They are out of hand. That's what it is. Self-control is an inner strength that comes from an inner man under the direction of a sober judgment that allows you to think, act, speak, and do things that please God. Without it, it is impossible to succeed. It is very important in every aspect of your life. Self-control is important when it comes to time. Self-control is important when it comes to finances. Self-control is important when it comes to relationships. 
Self-control is important when it comes to health. There's a story I heard of an overweight man. And he decided to go on a diet to lose some weight. He told his colleagues, I'm going to go on a diet. And um, I will no longer be bringing donuts to work. Because he used to be the one who used to volunteer to bring donuts from his own pocket to work. I will no longer be bringing donuts to work. And the colleague said, that's great. We are with you. And for days and weeks, it seemed like this individual was winning the fight. He was avoiding temptation. He, was, he seemed to be uh, doing all the right things. But one day, he pitches up to work carrying a box of donuts. And his colleagues quickly remind him, but you are on a diet regime, you are on a New Year's resolution to, shade, to, to cut off some weight. And he said, yes, I am. But these donuts are special. And they asked him, what do you mean that these donuts are special? He turned to them and said, in the morning when I woke up, I heard a voice that said, go past the baker and buy donuts for yourself. And he said, I needed to conf confirm whether that voice was God. So I prayed a Gideon prayer. How many people know what a Gideon prayer is? A Gideon prayer, so he, this is what the Gideon prayer is. He said, God, as I go through that baker, may I find a parking spot. Now, the baker's spot area parking was impossible to find. And so the colleague said, so surely when you got to the baker, you found a parking spot. And he said, yes, I found a parking spot after circling eight times. Self-control is important. As a Christian, it is a necessity for living the new life that God has called you to. But in this world, it is not easy to embrace it and employ it in all aspects of your lives and our, my life. We live in a world where people are hot, quick-tempered, they are knee-jerk, reactive, and they speak before they think, which makes self-control quite difficult to implement. Do you all agree? We live in a, in a world where we have normalized reaction rather than restraint. That's the world we live in. A world where you would rather react than pause and think about what you're about to do. And many people have destroyed their lives through a moment lacking self-control. Wherein they could have been cool, calm, collected, they decided to act and their lives were, was destroyed. In James 1 verse 14, James 1 verse 14, it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin, fully grown, brings forth death. Isn't it amazing that 
when you have been caught in an act of sin, you, it, is, it is so easy or it's so tempting for you to say, but I could not help myself. But the actual fact, though it may seem or it has a sense of truth, there's an element in truth that you might not have been able to help yourself, but you were able to, to stop yourself from doing that. All sin is brought about by your own desires when it meets temptation, which the devil brings, and it, uh, sin is conceived. Whenever you sin, all you are doing is you are loving the object of, of your deceitful pleasures and, and desires rather than loving God. In other words, you are worshipping the idols of your appetite and your desires rather than bowing down at the feet of the cross where Jesus Christ was punished and he died for my sin and your sin so that you can live in freedom. Amen. And so, it is important that we have self-control. We have self-control. Speaking of self-control, it is within, ladies and gentlemen, it is within your power to come overcome sin. We see this in the story of two brothers whom God came and, uh, and spoke to. They were the sons of uh, Adam and Eve. Their names are Cain and Abel. The Bible says over, a mo- over some time, they brought an offering to God. And having brought that offering to God, Abel brought an offering of, first, of his firstborn uh, of the flock and fat portions. And the Bible says that God had regard over Abel's offering. But over Cain's offering, God had no regard over Cain's offering. Now before you throw stones at Cain about, over what he eventually did, we need to understand the moment that Cain was in. It was a moment of rejection. And it, I think everyone in this room has gone through rejection. Rejection maybe of someone that you thought there was something happening between the two of you, but then they, they rejected you and moved on to somebody else. Rejection of not making the team, though you thought you were better than the last person who was picked in the team. Rejection of your idea at work being shot down, though on paper your idea is really the better idea. Rejection of attending a, uh, or going to an interview and being told that you are overqualified or point blank being rejected and told, no, we will look for somebody else. We have all gone through a moment of rejection. But when you think of that moment of rejection that you have gone through, multiply that rejection by a million plus times. Because Cain was dealing with the the, the one who created the heavens and earth. His word was more important than any, anyone else's word. And he really, really felt rejected. And the Bible says God being a parent, being a father, comes to, a, to, to, to Cain and says the following words to him in Genesis 4. He says, the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your face 
fallen? Why are you downcast? Why are you sulking? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to control, is, to, uh, is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Outside of Jesus Christ, our desires are controlled by sin. And we need to yield, our, uh, yield control to God so that we can gain victory over our wrong desires. Each one of you has emotions, but we are not to be mastered by our emotions. We need to be careful how we use our words and not speak before we even think. There are two types of people in this world. We have, that, and these people, uh, they deal with situations in two different ways. We have the skunks and we have those into its shell. With the skunks, they are like grenades. When you make them mad, they will come for you and they will blow up on you. But the shrapnel will hit anyone else within the vicinity. They will make the place stink. That's what the skunk does. You, we know those people or we know we, we, we have encountered possibly such type of people. These are the people whose mother language is French. Whenever you're with them, they revert back. When, it, when that moment gets hot, they revert back to their mother language. Then we have turtles. Turtles go back into their shell. They don't blue tick you. They block you. They give you the silent treatment. They are experts in using the sniper's rifle. In that, a silent treatment is felt. When you are in a room like this, a crowded room, and you happen to be facing away from them, and that person who is not talking to you walks in, you can feel that hate, that anger hitting you from the back. You feel the temperature drop, and your, 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 your hairs on your hands rising up as you get goosebumps. Their language is braille. You can feel it. When you don't have self-control, you are controlled by your moods. And your moods will swing you back and forth. But when you have self-control, you can, you can restrain your reactions. So what God was saying to Cain in that verse is that, listen, Cain, have self-restraint. Get a grip, of, a grip on yourself. Put yourself under control. Govern and rule and have dominion over sin. The same way an athlete will, 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 uh, is required to have discipline over their own mind, body, so that they win a race. is the same way you have to have, you need to discipline your passions and your desires so that you overcome sin. An athlete will go days, weeks, months training only for a moment on the field. Isn't it funny that self-control is only seen in just one moment? All those days, weeks, months you have spent in the Word of God, we see the seed of it. 
whether it has really fallen on good ground or it has fallen on thorny ground in just that one moment. Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 9. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. In other words, what he's saying is, I reign with a G over my thoughts, my intentions, my actions, my emotions. And I don't let them get out of hand, but I reign without a G them in. I reign them in. In Romans 6, Romans 6, the word of God says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who, next slide, who have been brought to, uh, from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. I like how the Holy Spirit there uses the word instruments. And an instrument is, is, is always played by somebody else. An instrument is, is we, we expect an instrument to be played by a skillful person so that they can bring out the right sound which creates music. And that music, as much as there's a lot, there's genres of music that please certain people, we need to ask ourselves, is the music coming out from pleasing God? Is it pleasing God? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, uh, and ask them, who is playing you? And is the sound coming out from you pleasing to God? Is that Honda Fit that cuts you, playing you? Is that colleague or classmate that gets under your skin, are they playing you? Is the economy of this nation playing you? Is the politics of this nation playing you? If it is, then it ought not to be, because sin will have no dominion over you. Why? Because you're under grace. Grace ought to be playing you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, ought to be the one playing you. In Titus 2, Titus 2, the Word of God says, For, grace, for the grace of God has appeared, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. If, if you are going to have victory in life, you have to attend all the classes that the Holy Spirit gives out or lectures. He is the one who trains to live self-controlled. You have to take all the modules that the Holy Spirit gives you if you're going to reign over sin. You see, as a Christian, there are no electives. We are we, we, we are all supposed to take all the core courses. 
the mandatory courses and self-control, living a life that is self-controlled, is mandatory. It is not something that we decide. I will have self-control in my time, but I won't have self-control when it comes to food. Self-control has to cover all aspects of our lives. We cannot just pick and choose which area of our lives we're going to be, we're going to allow God to work in our lives. But we ought to have self-control in every aspect of our lives. For you to have self-control, you need to give God control. You need to give God control. He has to have total control. And last week I spoke about the grace of God and how sometimes we make, we, we, we allow it to be in vain in our own lives. We, we, we don't utilize or we don't step in and allow God to, to work in our lives. Sometimes most of us, we, we implement the, the, the self-improvement course by doing it all by ourselves and do not allow the Holy Spirit to do it for us and to, for us to do it with him. Amen. And as we see in Titus 2, there we see that grace, the grace of God is the impetus for self-control. It is the dynamic for self-control. It is very important for me to have self-control only through the, the, the grace of God. When I divorce the grace of God from self-control, I get it all wrong. Because I am stepping in to doing it all by myself. As I wrap this thing up, in Galatians, in Galatians 5 verse 25, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And we can only keep in step with the Spirit through reading the Word of God and doing what the Word of God tells us to do. We began the service by somebody's, by somebody's blankets being pulled off. We began the service by somebody's feet being pulled. And I believe that as we have gone through the fruit of the Spirit this whole time, I believe that God in this moment has been pulling people and challenging people so that they can walk in step with the Spirit. Where you have not been loving, where you have not had joy, where you had not had peace, you have had no faith, you haven't been faithful, you haven't had goodness, you haven't been gentle, and you haven't had self-control. I believe the Holy Spirit has been holding our feet and saying, hey, wake up to righteousness and sin no more. You see, the, the thing about what we have gone through all this, this, um, this time is that this is all kingdom. Kingdom is not just the fire and the power. It is how we live lives amongst each other and amongst those who are even not born again. And so, as, as we have spoke about self-control, I think it's important to ask ourselves, where do I not have control in my life? Where am I allowing the devil to win? Which area of my life am I allowing him to have victory? 
and I'm, and I'm not being an ambassador of the kingdom of God. As we think about that, we sang a song, Fill Me Up. Fill me up, Lord, so that all they see is you, Lord. Glorify your name. You and I are advertising boards. We are billboards for the kingdom of God. And how we live our lives is a testimony to the whole world. It is the one, the way you are living your life is the one thing that, that defines you as a Christian. The Bible says in Acts, it says it was at that moment in Antioch, I believe, that they were first called Christians because the way they were living their lives. So Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord God, that you are good to us. We thank you, Father. Wherever we have been lacking, Father God, lacking in love, lacking in joy, lacking in peace, Father God, wherever the, the seed of your word has fallen on thorny ground in our lives, Father God, I pray that you take away those stones, Father God. Take away that rocky heart, Father God. Take away thoughts which, which are against you, Father God, against the word of God, and make them align to you, Father God. We thank you for self-control, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that wherever we find ourselves, in whichever area we find ourselves where we are lacking self-control, Father God, may the Spirit of God speak to us. May we not be quick, Father God, to speak. May we not be quick, Father God, or may we not let our anger, Father God, lead to sin. I pray in your glorious name, Father God, that we, you show us wisdom, Father, in every moment and show us, Father God, how to overcome, Lord God, and we want to to, to uh, go to factory uh, settings, back to factory settings, Father God. May we rejoice, Father God, in, in our weaknesses that we, we, your grace is made manifest, Father God, in, in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I give you thanks and praise. Amen. And amen.